Hello and welcome to Drunk Bitches in Politics, where bitches get drunk and talk politics. I'm Ray. I'm Mishy. And I'm Michelle, your host. And it's not just bitches getting drunk tonight with us. <laughs> we actually have a... I don't want to call you bastard. That's kind of the opposite know. of bitch, right? That's kind of better, like than, bitch and bastard. better than bro, I think. Yeah, yeah, I don't want to call you bro yeah. either. Yeah. So we have a man. Yeah. <laughs> we got a dude, y'all. We got a dude getting drunk with us tonight. We have a, a, we have special, a dude bro. Yeah. special co-host. You know what? I'm not one of those guys that's going to freak out in a lot. You can call me bitches for tonight. Oh, I'll, awesome. I'll be, He's going to be our bitch for I'll tonight. Be on <laughs> So we have none other than the Matt, Pru- Matt Pruneda, who is running for U.S. House District 26 in Texas. Woo-woo. Thank you, Matt, for Welcome, joining us. Matt. Thank Great you. to be here. Yeah, first guest. <laughs> so exciting. <laughs> Don't screw this up because then we I won't will. have any more. <laughs> so Matt is going to join us in discussing topics. And then we will give the floor over to you, Matt, and let you um, talk about your campaign. Okay. And your, like, top policies and everything like that. And we're going to quiz him a little bit, too. Yes. Michelle's got some questions. I've got some stuff. <laughs> and I'm really excited to get to talk to you about yes. your run. So. Uh, but most importantly, Machine, what are we drinking tonight? Uh, yeah. Tonight, we have us an intermingle red blend. And... As I thought that was fitting for tonight. Yes, yeah, since we're intermingling. Oh, yes. look at you, bitch. Oh! Using them brain thinks this today, <laughs> didn't you? You thought ahead. To, so we've had this particular. Uh, this is a California blend, and we've had this before. And it is a blend of Ziffindale. If you guys remember, a couple of episodes ago, we had a red Ziffindale. So it's in this bottle, and it is also a Merlot and a Cabernet, and it comes together to create this delicious delectable, beautiful, wonderful bottle of wine. Kind of like the four of us tonight. Uh, luscious, delicious, delectable, all of the yeah. words, honey. Mm-hmm. And then, so this has top notes of jam, like blackberry, we always talk about this, fresh raspberry, little vibrancy with the mid notes of pepper. So this is a really good bottle to pair with grilled foods and some cheeses. It's going to bring that out. And I'm excited to pop this pop so that, that we can shit. give it a pop shot. It. And this is also a 2017 for oh. those at home. You can tell us what the alcohol content was. Oh, what? <gasps> I'm, I off, need to I'm know. off my oh. game today. Any guesses? Any guesses? Uh, 14.3. 13.8. Oh, Matt, would you like to guess? Um, I'll go um, 14.9. Okay, Ray was closest. We have ALC at 13.5. I say 14.3 every time because yeah. I'm bound to get it right. One <laughs> One of these times. And this particular bottle is It's my lottery number. (laughs) This particular bottle is right at the Drunk Bitches price line, which was about $10.99 a bottle. Yes. Uh, You could probably find it cheaper somewhere else. I was looking around. Sometimes it goes down to $8.99. But this is a really good bottle of wine that doesn't taste like how much it costs. So, are you ready? Pop that shit. Pop it. Hey. Woo! Woo! Glug, glug, assist. Even Brady was ready for her to pop it. I know. He's like, It is a beautiful purple color. So, Matt, what are you drinking tonight? I'm drinking Shiner Light Blonde, actually. All right. What's the alcohol content on that bad boy? Uh, I don't know. Probably like... 3% 3% three percent. No one gave me a wine glass, so I'm drinking out of it. Uh, oh my god, he's like an animal. Oh, well, Shana, we're all about Texas wines here, so we and do Texas love beer. and Texas beer, so we do love a good Texas brew around these here parts, honey. 
Matt, you get to drink out of Mishy's wine glass. All right. So you can try some of our wine. That was my bad. I don't want to stop because I know people don't like mixing. There you go. How rude of me. The right. beer before wine, you'll be just fine. That's racist. <laughs> All right, let's All right, try let's It's oh, very, good. very smooth and very mild. It is. That's delish. <clears throat> Doesn't have a bite or a sting. No. Uh, absolutely delicious. Great pick, Michelle. Thank you. Great, great pick. It's not too offending on the palate. It's not too offending on the palate, which would make it a really good... Did you look that up before you came no, out it's, it? it's because I said it last time. Oh, yeah. She's like, she's like it's, the last one had oak, but not in an offending way. Oh, my God. This would definitely be uh, like a hard cheese pairing. It'll be really good, like a Gouda or Parmesan. Pairs very well. This would be delicious with that. All right. Sip, sip. Cheddar. And a cheddar too, right? Good smoke. Like cheddar. a sharp, yeah, or smoked cheddar. Good Absolutely. Colby Jack. <laughs> not maybe oh not God. Colby. Throwing <laughs> nice gorgonzola. Gorgonzola. Exactly. Some uh, salami. You guys are terrible. <laughs> Lingenburger. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so uh, up t- first tonight. Oh, that was like hello wine, like in hello wine, yeah. right? It's the tannins. Oh, it's the tannins. Yeah. Blame the tannins. There's like. no agave this week. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh, yeah, tequila is good though. First tonight, we want to talk about Trump's Louisiana purchase, as she was calling it earlier. <laughs> the Greenland purchase. <laughs> the Greenland purchase. Seems a little ridiculous. I, I just, I think he wants his name on something. Is, is he going to try to rename it Trumpland? Well, that's my first question. Okay, so first of all, Denmark already replied and said. It ain't gonna be none of that shit going okay. on right here. Okay. It is not for sale. They said they're open for business, but they're not open to sell their land. And the whole thing is just kind of bizarre because it's like, first of all, if you don't believe in climate change, maybe you shouldn't be buying, thinking about purchasing Greenland. Like, let's just talk about that. Because we have literal ice caps that are melting and will probably likely flood the country at some point if nobody does anything. And if your heart and your brain cannot compute climate change, Greenland is not the land for you. I'm a damn bitch. Agreed. Agreed. <laughs> so, uh, no, I, I think he actually does believe in climate change. And I think he wants Greenland because once all the ice melts, there'll be more to develop there. So, At least he thinks so. Yeah. Well, it, doesn't... it is a long con. Yeah. And, and, <laughs> and, Greenland, and Greenland also, I probably, I think it does contain a lot of ore, diamonds. Is it it's Greenland very, or Greenland? Are we doing Greenland or Greenland? Is Greenland. This, it's the same thing, Greenland, Greenland, I think, whatever. I think it depends on where you're from. I'm just asking, you know. I, I, I want to go with the Greenland. Esprit de corps here. Oh no, <laughs> we don't follow here. Right, We're right, leaders. Right. Right. Yeah, we lead the pack. Would you I'm guys like to, to hear follow. what the people of Greenland think? Oh yes, yes. yes. Fuck Trump. Uh, Denise Holland says this is news to us. I think you should talk to Denmark. They would not be happy. <laughs> And then a member of Denmark's parliament said, maybe we should buy California. Oh. And then Anders Kuch, <laughs> a resident in Kalosuk. Oh, wow. That's this, offensive. This has gone really bad. <laughs> That's terrible. Well, said, don't say that about it's him. A, it's a last name with 500 con- yeah. consonants. It is. So. To the people of yeah. Greenland. Actually, yeah, it's no. mostly vowels. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, Anders Kuch is going to be my new pejorative for people. <laughs> <laughs> Anders from Kalushk says that Trump is maybe a little crazy. A, a little? Maybe. A little? 
A little. He doesn't. It, no, actually, that's probably offensive to people who are crazy. Mm-hmm. Could, they yeah. don't. They don't want that yeah. label. People in Greenland are very, you know, they're very it's, kind of mannerly. So that's actually a huge insult. It, it is. is. It's, it's, it's yeah. insult. Yeah. And yeah. I know people want to like attribute this to something smart and say, "Oh, it's like <laughs> stop it." This <laughs> is something smart. And he is literally throwing shit at a dartboard and hoping that it sticks. Well, it's also distractions from a lot of stuff. Absolutely. But, trivia before we we start really discussing this mm-hmm. it's not the first time that the u.s has tried to buy greenland so it's back not. in 1867 the state department made an inquiry right and then after world war ii president harry truman offered to buy greenland for a hundred million dollars and as you can probably guess both attempts failed so because it's trump can can we address uh, what is the underlying racism here um because Trump Lots wants to, of white people. Yes, Trump Trump wants to acquire an island. Uh, meanwhile, we have a territory right now that would love to be a state. Oh, and, yeah. And right. be entitled to and all votes. the benefits of that. Brando yes, and Rico. votes. You know, and, and, and representation. Yes, and representation. So Ray and, has and, a musical you know, for and everything. Possibly, yeah, uh, you know, maybe getting aid for uh, for their last disaster from a couple of years ago. Which they're know. still recovering from. Exactly. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that exists. Wow, um, that's a great point. I actually thought about that. I mean, yeah, there we go. We, yeah. we literally have I a territory. That's why that's he's right. running for Congress. That's why he's <laughs> getting drunk on Cheers the Way to go. <laughs> we literally have a whole entire territory. But you know the people are the wrong color there. Yeah. They're a little too brown on the spectrum, I suppose. Yeah. Well, and he knows how they'll vote. There be for him. Too. Well, there's no telling how Greenland is going to vote because they don't seem to like him either. <laughs> So what are you saying? Is she, maybe we should endorse this purchase? Maybe we should. I'm just saying. And yeah, I, mean, I think I think that as a world... What kind world, of health care do they have in Greenland? I guarantee it's better than our system. Yeah. If it's Denmark, it's universal. Because yeah. if they're under yeah, Denmark, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's yeah. Universal that's that's interesting. Greenland's going to be in the squad. I, I also think that, aren't we past a time where... Like, incorporating Puerto like Rico as a be. state is yeah. one thing, because they're a territory, and, and we, I mean... It's, we have we they have right. representation. They just don't get to vote. That I mean, which right. sucks. Guam, American but, Samoa. If we're gonna take right. something, let's take these places that we already have some kind of attachment to, and that like we've, a dotted line, and that we've used and abused. Yeah, but, but I mean, should I'll take the U.S. Virgin Islands? I'd like to yeah. do a hop and a skip now and again over there. Right. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and I I had something funny that I it was a quote that was from the former Prime Minister of Denmark. Who said it must be an April Fool's Day joke, but totally out of season? So, oh. so they got shade in Denmark. August they got season jokes. They got season jokes. I will say this, so uh, you know what? In 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 the most bizarre way, uh, I do kind of. Uh, appreciate the fact that this is a very measured uh you know stance from him because i would generally believe that he would declare war to take over Greenland on twitter and we would invade them and then have it you know he's offering to just buy it well that's that's, that's rather one they're an ally so that's not a reasonable strategy Do we have allies now? Well, Does that we, make sense? Though? Yeah, listen still. to what you just said. <laughs> right. It's not the a Trump... reasonable strategy. Oh, right. Yeah. yeah. And we also have a military base there, but, you know, I just... So you're saying we got a man on the inside. We, <laughs> we got a man on the inside. Eminent domain it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow, yeah. That's, that's incredible. It, the whole thing, just like Ray said earlier, it just seems like something to 
throw the shit pile to distract people. Smoke and mirrors. Look from over here. Them. Right. And yeah. it's it's really incredible. But I, I hate us for even like giving credence to this shit that we even talk about. You it put it on the agenda. I put it on the agenda <laughs> because it's, it's so ridiculous. Because I just want to make fun of it. No, it's him totally. Jeffrey Epstein. It's yeah. because it's it's painfully Ooh. ridiculous, right? <laughs> Didn't fall head time. It's painfully ridiculous in the sense that we have a president whose priorities are so far off from what should be priorities. Like we literally just had a couple of shootings last week, and then it was all oh, yeah, we're gonna do something about that. We're gonna pass laws. But then I'm gonna buy this, Greenland. This week you're buying Greenland. And it's, I don't know what is going on, but the whole thing just feels so surreal. And I just, I can't, I can't even believe I'm living this life right now. He doesn't it's, want anybody talking about the fact that nobody, they couldn't even pay people to show up at his New Hampshire rally. Did y'all see the pictures? I didn't see the Empty pictures. I saw the hashtag. Fucking seats. Really? He said that, that people stood in line for two days and there were two reporters that tweeted back to him and they were like, dude, I was there. Nobody was waiting for shit. So what was the hashtag? Uh, I think it was empty seats, wasn't it? Yeah, hashtag empty seats. (laughs) They could not pay people to sit in the seats. They're losing that. Yeah, so so I actually have like a glimmer of hope. Just a tiny, tiny, itsy bitsy. But it is New Hampshire. I was going to say, New Hampshire is Democrat country. It's liberal. I know, but they... That's what I'm saying. They couldn't even pay people. They couldn't even recruit their... The trackers didn't even show up. That's true. Even the trackers didn't show up. Yeah, like they have have people who travel all over the country that show up for his rallies and they're not even willing to do that, right? Damn, they need a life. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they do. Yeah. Even the fake news media was sitting it out. Oh, the fake news media (laughs) said it out? We're in Diamond and Silk. Were they not free? Uh, we gave uh, we gave diamond and silk to the white delegation. Oh, so no. you're asking the wrong person, sis. Okay, Michelle, where were diamond and silk? <laughs> that's that's y'all's yeah. people. Uh, I don't know. Hopefully. I don't know them. Yeah, <laughs> thank God I've not seen them in a long time. We traded them for all the cool white people. So. God, it's y'all look good. One of the best Chappelle shows, (laughs) fucking ever. The whole delegation thing. All right, let's move on. Yes. Um, That's that's actually a really good segue for for the empty spots to talk about. Now that he is starting to basically threaten his way into the White House, right? How do we feel about the whole whether you like me or not? You're gonna have to vote for me, otherwise you're gonna lose your pensions and your savings because we're gonna go into a recession. How do we feel about that? I feel like we're going to go into a recession if he does get reelected. I feel like we're going to a recession either way, <laughs> and that the next Democrat that gets elected is going to end up like Obama did during his first. And having to clean thing. up all their shit. Right. It, it always ends up being unfortunate. The Dow dropped 800 be- points. Like, it's people are doing subprime loans already. It's fucking happening. But not only that, we have a president who every time he opens his mouth, like, he's fucking shit up. And no, and then that's the dangerous part, right? Yeah. Whether we were going, whether we, whether it's inevitable that we go into a recession or not, we know that he can affect the markets with a tweet, and we know he's done it before, right? Right. So basically, it, it is a legitimate threat. He can actually start tanking things, you know, in terms mm-hmm. of people's pensions, simply out of revenge if he wants to. Absolutely. He can do it preemptively and go, look, exactly. you know, I, I can do this if he if he puts out a tweet. That touts, you know, um, basically American industry. We know that there will be an uptick a little right. bit, you know. But we also know that he can take it out. So, 
What's, is he cutting his nose off to spite his face? Like, he really thinks if he tanks it, or he threatens to tank it, that people will vote for him? Like, is he that much of a I don't know if he's thinking that far. You know the answer to that. But it is a legitimate threat. Because it's feasible and he can do this. He can do this. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And he has. Yeah. Whether he did it on purpose or not, it's just naturally the global market looks to the United States to see what's going on. I got news for you, Orange Man. Those white people that voted for Obama twice and then voted for you, um, you start doing threats, they will not fucking vote for you. Well, right. They won't. Like, you can't threaten them. And then we've got the tariffs going on that are really hurting the economy right now. We have a lot of things going on. There's like 10 farmers declaring bankruptcy a week. Well, and here's the thing with the tariffs, right? Um, And this is something that we haven't seen covered extensively right now. Uh, In in China, I don't know if you guys are familiar. Oh, we're all about the exclusive space. In China right now, there is an epidemic of, uh, and it's not swine flu like we get it, but basically it is is a flu that is affecting basically their, uh, their pork industry. Um, okay. They cannot. They're, they're at, small farmers are you know going under right now because basically they're and they're winding up uh, proactively killing their own. Uh, okay, time out system. real quick. Where did our pork come from for dinner tonight, Michelle? <laughs> <laughs> well, it came from Aldi. And I don't think Aldi gets their meat from China. Okay, good. All right, continue. America. I didn't get it from Walmart. Yes. Walmart's right. where they don't put labels on it. Oh, okay. There's labels at Aldi. Woo, okay. So. All um, right. Sorry. Go ahead. That's why I don't buy meat yeah. from Walmart because so, you don't know where it's coming from. All right. Okay. So Walmart will not be a sponsor this week. (laughs) (laughs) But but here's the thing. Um, You know, China consumes huge amounts of pork, right? Now, now, right now, uh, American farmers, American ranchers, things like that. I don't know what you call somebody who raises uh, pigs. They're technically not. Pig farmers. Pig farmers. Pig farmers. 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 There we go. It's not the fancy Uh, badge. It's pig farmer. This should be a golden opportunity for them to go into China and basically be selling American pork in China to make up for everything that they're missing right now. You mean trading and bartering? Yes, but (gasps) but here's the problem. Last week, Trump threatened to sign, you know, it says tariffs to what, what, $300 billion worth of, uh, you know, of of goods from China. And China... Uh, as a reaction to it, said that they were going to be cutting off all agricultural purchases from the United States, which means that right now they have a crisis where they cannot supply themselves with enough pork and they are um, basically out of revenge from Trump cutting off American farm, you know, pig farmers from, you know, from providing that. Mm-hmm. So this should be a golden opportunity. Those farmers should be able to, to be like, you know, to, yes, at a higher price because I he was we have the opportunity to that. Well, that's why he was elected, <laughs> but you know, a businessman who never, I thought he was the great negotiator. Did he, did we ever get those tax returns to see how good he is at business? Yeah. Or were they just basically No, he bankrupted a, a fucking people. casino, Mishy, mm-hmm. Ray, we've been to casinos, honey, ladies. How the fuck you bankrupt them? <laughs> They take all my money. <laughs> every fucking time. They have every cameras time. watching every hand. And they they even take different currencies, okay? They do currency mean? exchange. You want to change your freaking pesos into dollars? Go to Winstar, bitch. You don't have to go very far. They got you. And they will hmm. loan you money when you can't even get it from loan sharks. That's right. <laughs> I don't know that personally. I'm every, not at that point yet. <laughs> every great crime movie has people going to launder money through a casino. Exactly. Yet- oh, my God. How do you bankrupt a casino? We'll talk about yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's, that's all they're yeah. But yeah. it's just, it's been bad business after bad business. So he's definitely can do bad business on behalf of the country, tank the entire economy. We're already halfway there and maybe three tweets away from all of it just going crap and everybody losing their investments. Yeah. You're selling your house at a great time. Yeah. He's flushing our economy down yes. his gold toilets. Yeah. 
So, Matt, question for you. Yes. So, what do you think happens with a Republican-controlled Senate, a um, piece of shit orange man in, in the White House, Dems have control of the House, mm-hmm. but what happens if, if we tank before an election and we don't have somebody on the Dem side in there? Like, what happens? That they're not going to do anything they're gonna just let it collapse don't you think because the because the top one percent will have their money they'll they're not gonna gonna be fine you mean what can the senate do to offset a uh, recession and will they do it um if it's dependent upon his re-election there's there's not much they can do at this point because remember the last and and, you know history has taught us that uh, we have something very uh recently in in our banks you know as far as you know what happens in this um you know we had the the great bailout you know uh, back in uh, 2008 um Mm -hmm. and and that was a different thing that was actually easier to manage because it was a particular industry actually two particular industries it was the auto industry and it was the you know it was basically uh, the the real estate industry industry. mortgage industry um you know they, they passed the bailout for the auto industry and when it came to the mortgage industry, uh, what's what's funny was that, and it's not funny, it's um, there was, you know, everything was trending up and then things were starting to, to, to basically tank. Uh, you had uh, Chase and uh, Bank of America yeah. who were looking at, you know, Countrywide Why? and WAMU and all these other things. And they were going, you know, these, these businesses that were solid went, we don't have a lot of mortgage, uh, you know, business. We'd like if we acquired this and this, we would get X billion dollars worth of servicing. They did their due diligence, and when all this started happening, they walked away. Okay, mm-hmm. and and people don't know this story very well, but um, basically Ken Lewis at uh, Chase, and I don't think Jamie Dimon was. It. I mean, Ken Lewis at Bank of America. I don't think Jamie Dimon was. It. Um, but but they were walking away. Um, it was still the Bush administration. Right. Hank right. Paulson, uh, you know, was you know uh, Treasury. And he pretty much called them in and put a gun to their head and said, you're going to do this and, and forced them, you know, to take over these properties and to take over, you know, the, these, uh, you know, these Smaller businesses. Smaller companies. Yeah. yeah. And it was, you know, it, you know, people always talk about the too big to fail. One of the things that they forget about this is that these companies, which wound up taking the big hit for everything, because mm-hmm. when everybody started foreclosing, they went, well, Bank of America is doing this. Well, Bank of America didn't originate any of this stuff. Um, countrywide. Yeah, countrywide, yeah, right. new uh, century. Right. Decision, you know, there was all these fly-by-nights that, that did this. Um, they were doing the unethical stuff. <laughs> exactly. And you know what? And, and you know, these, these businesses did this, but they did it because literally the, the federal government said, you have to do this. I don't think... Now, now the thing is, the, this, um, this collapse was, like I said, it was centered on two things. It was centered on the auto industry, on, on the real mm-hmm. estate industry. What we're looking at right now is too widespread. And there's right. not any centralized, you know. No, uh, it's several in- different industries. Yeah. It's- so, so how I don't know how we would do this at this point. I don't know what the bailout would be or what we would bail out. And that was the thing. We bailed out the auto industry because we knew the number of jobs we would save. Right. You right. Know, um, they took over the you know mortgage industry because they knew even though this thing was tanking, they could centralize you know all, all, all the damage and they could start slowly building their We're way building out of it. Building it back up. Right. This is, is all it's over the place. It's too across the board. Yeah. Who are you going to choose? Yeah, exactly. And, and here's the other thing. The problem that we have right now is the economy is not as strong as... as they tout it to be? Exactly. Yeah. This is all kind of... This is all fake news uh, because it's all based on stock buybacks. Right. That yep. are, you know... <laughs> it's companies basically inflating their own numbers and, you know, based in, in retaking control from shareholders. Absolutely. Um, not too so, unlike Enron. Huh? Not it, too unlike Enron. No, no, yeah. It's, it's, a, it's yeah. a very similar thing. It's It's... 
in a way, it might be inflammatory to say this, but in a way what we're looking at right now in terms of the economy uh, growing, it, it actually kind of is a Ponzi scheme. Mm-hmm. Um, so That's why I sell my stock every time we have a, we have stock buybacks. <laughs> I'm like sold. I made my money. I'm good. I'm yeah, gonna take my money and go invest it in myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so I, I don't know. I don't know how we do this. I, you know, this is going. And if down. you just like look at how unstable it is, three weeks ago it was oh my god, the president's benefiting from a strong economy, and it's like three weeks later we're literally having recession talk. It's so right. unstable. Eight hundred points. But but here's the thing. We knew. You know, when if you look at all the major, uh, you know, financial corporations uh, a year and a half ago, mm-hmm. they were all changing their strategies. Rather than growing, they were um, basically taking actions to kind of shore up their assets and, and kind of build up. They saw it uh, coming. Exactly. And they, they've seen it coming for a while. It didn't, they expected it to happen like uh, summer, uh, th- this summer. It hasn't happened yet, but they're still taking those actions because they know that they, if they don't protect themselves, they'll be over leveraged. And yeah. that's the thing. All these companies already know it's happening. And that's actually kind of one of the things that's leading to us having this false sense of security in the stock market. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, once that kind of tapers off, then we'll actually start seeing the recession go in. Because right now, how many people do you know that are making significantly more money than they than they were in the last year? Not I. You know, how many, you know, how many more cars are being yeah. sold? How many more houses are being sold? You know, this stuff isn't actually happening. All the indicators, you know, that would normally tell you that there's a strong economy aren't there. Right. You know. Well, and to your point about the houses and as that the house prices have skyrocketed, at least I know speaking just from experience here mm-hmm. in North Texas, they've skyrocketed. And it's like these same houses are almost like twice as much money as they were two years ago. It's and it's ridiculous. supposed to be a sign of a strong economy in money. In yes and cases. no, but it also makes you realize that it's just a well, matter of time think, before things yeah, are going to right. Right. It, Everything it, it is going to hit a point. It can be a sign of a strong economy, but if your incomes aren't going up at the same no. rate that the right. housing prices right. are, what you're actually the cost looking of at living is, is, a, is going a bubble up. Uh, right. yep. behavior. Yeah. Yeah. It, and also what you're seeing in North Texas is a lot of implants because we've You're had hard. companies built here. <laughs> that was, that was uh, a boob joke. Ba-da-ba. What happened? What happened? <laughs> he, said, he goes, you're seeing a lot of implants. <laughs> Damn, that, I missed a boob joke. That was a that boob was, joke for those of y'all. That is a bitch tonight. There are a lot of people moving to North Texas right now. Right, and uh, I just saw that American Airlines is going to build. Now California, my Texas. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that's too real. American Airlines is going to build their new corporate headquarters here. It's going to, a tope in 2021, billions and billions of dollars. So people are moving here so house prices can go up because when they're moving from California, I mean, I had people from California look at our house and they were like, Wow, look yeah. how freaking big your yard is. See, but the and you pay is, what? You know, like, right. they're and just... For those yeah. of us who live in states where consumer protections aren't that great, like here in Texas, we're not going to have a buffer. You know, like here, we have laws that protect businesses first before you protect people. Yeah. So we're one of the states that will get hit harder than mm-hmm. any of the other states. And it's just so unfortunate. See, but here's the thing. And, and you mentioned that there's a lot of, you know, transplants coming in uh, from, you know, out because of businesses, right? right? Well, we have more people coming in and more people with jobs coming in. What we're not seeing is, you know, people increases. In, yeah, we're yes. not seeing in, increases in, uh, you know, in wages, right? In, in salaries and things like that. The reason, um, you know, these prices are going up is because we have an outpaced, uh, you know, uh, demand, you know, w- with regard to what, you know, our supply is. So once again, it, it's bubble 
level of behavior. Mm-hmm. You know, people are paying more because they're trying to find a house that's closer to where they work and, right. and it doesn't exist. So, you know, basically they're having to pay more for it. But if you look at it, our wages, our salaries in North Texas aren't no. going up to match. Absolutely. No, not at all. Yeah. And the tax burdens are higher too now. Yeah, so the IRS collected $90 billion more than 2017. Mm. Um, but who paid that? The middle class. Right. The, the work and the working poor. Right. The working poor and the middle class, which... The backbone of this country is the one that's holding up the burden yeah. for the tax. Which, I mean, the middle class, I don't know what you even consider the middle class. There's not really a middle it's class the, anymore. It's... It's now becoming like yeah. working class, upper working class, and then the Uber rich. Right. Yeah. And I work for a Fortune 500 company, and it's actually less than 500. It's like it's... Humble brag. I know. <laughs> but, but my point is, is that I did, had a really good annual review, and raises were somewhere between 2 and 2.75%. Like, it, that's not shit. It <laughs> doesn't keep thing. up with your rent going up or your yeah. mortgage going up. Right. Especially if we're talking about people coming in from out of the state. Um, a, they're not used to the property taxes that we have to pay. Right. Uh-uh. B, when we live in areas like right right now we're in we're just uh what north of Especially north if of they Dallas. Come from somewhere where there's a state income. Yeah. Right. And it's gonna be a huge shock because right now we're north of Dallas and there's a huge amount of you know houses that are being built right now. Now here's mm-hmm. the thing. When they buy these houses, mm-hmm. these houses are uh, are valued um, they, they tend to start off being valued based on undeveloped property. Right. Yes, in right. about in a year and a half, those property taxes are gonna go through the roof and they're gonna double. Oh, so right. people are buying houses based on what they they can afford they now. Right now, yes, if they don't get a 20% raise in the next couple of years, they're in trouble. Exactly. For those property taxes. Because we're going to have to have a bunch of schools built out here, just FYI. Yeah. And the school district that my house is in just signed a huge school bond, and, mm-hmm. I, and I won't have to pay those And I live in one of the largest school districts in the North Dallas area, Yeah. you know, because it covers like 8 million cities, mm-hmm. and we're going through the same thing. It's just, yeah. they're yeah. going to be skyrocketing that stuff. It doesn't matter if you're buying a house or you live in an apartment because you're still paying all property oh, taxes. Oh, well, yeah. And yeah. so you pay property taxes even if you're renting. Yeah, and you're but rent. it's just everybody is hurting when those rages don't. Absolutely. Especially the people who live in their apartments are paying home prices. Like, yeah. In, yeah. In more the area, than home more prices. More than home prices. Like in the area where I live in, good luck getting a two bedroom for less than sixteen hundred in yeah. an apartment. Right. So, and I'm paying almost as much for a three bedroom, and that's I actually pay. More than I did for my four-bedroom house. Right. <laughs> and, and, and I do want to say this right now uh, because this is also a, a problem. Right now we're talking about bubble, bubble behavior and uh, and property taxes. Uh, this is a very unsexy conversation to have. So when Are you we, kidding? This shit is <laughs> all about no, what, what I'm saying is the average person starts to hear this conversation. I'm getting and, all warm. And I thought it was the line. <laughs> I was like, I was getting all and heated. They, and they tune out and they get surprised once those bills start coming in. And by that point, it's too late. Don't want to hear but it. you know what? Yeah. Our drunk delegates, they love this shit. They do. <laughs> this yeah. is the stuff that makes it real for them. A lot yeah. of our drunk delegates are not into yeah. policy. They're not into politics. This is where they want it wrong straight. They want it wrong straight. <laughs> we are their gateway drug. So look, spit the, on it. Look, these are the nasty bitches. I'm the only one that's as decent. A pro- as a person running for office, I, I don't know what you guys. You are talking about. Yes, as a candidate for office, yeah. you have no idea what you're yeah. talking about. I'm just, just nodding. Just me and Mitch uh-huh. talk. 
Uh-huh. Just look at me. Just ignore okay. them. They're going to have a spin-off show that nobody is going to want to yes, listen yes. to with children in the car. But to your point, it's a very important conversation because people do like the fact that we can have these discussions without it being heavy on the political jargon and things that they don't understand. Right. So they love stuff Because like it's this. our lives, too. Right. I mean, exactly. we're living it. Exactly. Because there's someone out there looking and watching the news and going, all of the stuff... Stu- talk about the stock market and all of that. How is that affecting me? I don't have any investments. Oh, yeah, you have a house. Or you have a 401k. You right. have all sorts of things. And that's the thing. People don't think about their 401k as an investment. It's my retirement fund. Right. They don't think about that as an but, investment. But, you know, you say, I have a house, right? And yeah. in theory, that should be your hugest investment. Yeah. Your hugest asset and everything. You know, I don't know how many people, well, I, I thought about this when I bought a house. It's like, okay, I'm going to pay on this for 30 years, but then I'm done. And then, you know, hey, then I'll have that taken care of. It'll oh, be great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You were nice. I'll, I'll live rent free. Um, <laughs> yeah. Probably not yeah. going to happen. No. All right, we're going to move on. Okay. Actually, let's take a break. Do I take a break? Oh, yeah, okay. Let's take a break. Yeah, let's take oh, a break. Oh, because I need to pee, Take a break. Yeah. 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 I can only do so many kegels. Okay, that's <laughs> going in the shot. <laughs> yeah, we'll take that a break. That is not getting yeah. cut. Mishy, are you ready? Yes, I'm ready. <laughs> All right, so before we get into our next topic... Let's talk about the next uh, bottle of wine that we're going to pop. Yes. We're going to pop a Cabernet next, which is a trot and true classic around a here. basic yes. bitch. And I guess you went all the way to California, honey, because all you got was California variety. I know. This I, week. I, so yeah. shame on you, Texas girl. But <laughs> like, California it all works the same anyway. It gets that job done. I'll get some Yano next time. <laughs> <laughs> some Lano. <laughs> This is a 2016 Cabernet. It's a California variety. It is from the winery Bear Brothers. That sounds like a different kind of website. But uh, when we won't get into that, we will be respectable because we have a congressional candidate in the building. That's right. We're going to act like I was thinking grown-ups. Sure. No, <laughs> we're going to act like grown-ups. This is a Cabernet. It's so boring, though. It's, I know, right? So generally, Cabernet... We've talked about cab so many times. You guys know that it yes. boasts flavors of ripe cherries, currants. Cherries? Those are my favorite. <laughs> Whatever. I do. I love all the wines that have cherries in them. And dark chocolate. Oh, I love chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> the flavors in this particular bottle are described to be deep, concentrated, with notes of blueberries, blackberries, and vanilla, and those tannins that are super silky that Michelle loves so much uh. to blame... Blame all, all all her stuff on, <laughs> and it is also described to have a balanced and elegant finish. So this is a particularly sharp bottle of wine, and it is good for cutting stuff like sharp cheese or really hearty pasta. So this is something that you would pair with like a really good Alfredo, or you could pair it with like a sharp Gouda, like an extra aged Gouda, or a blue cheese, or an Asiago. So this is a really good bottle for those sharp cheeses if you're okay. a sharp cheese a monster mm. monster is not really considered a sharp i'm just naming any cheese that oh, i can think of oh you're just mocking me <laughs> but we don't get many wines that have blueberries in them so, no we don't so this it's, is gonna be an interesting take on cabernet what i like to do is i really like to taste the difference in the varieties of like cabernets like say a texas cabernet versus a california cabernet you can definitely tell the difference because you know the different climates that the varieties that the from? grapes are growing. Right. Yeah. So I'm going to get ready. Y'all ready? Yeah. Pop, pop that, that shit. shit. Before I do pop this shit, does anybody want to guess our ALC? Oh, 14.1. Wrong. 14.3. Wrong. 13.5. 13.5. 13.5. 13.5. 13.5. 13.5. 13.5. 13.5. 13.5. 13.5. 13.5. 13.5. 13.5. 13.5. 13
Perfect. <gasps> you cheated! Oh! Oh, I got it! Let's go! Hopefully we'll be having the same cheer my election night. Right. Right. Good. Yeah, I got it. With that, right. with that kind of luck, you should go ahead and uh, play the lottery before All the right. night is over. Yeah. Pop there that shit. Oh, come on, oh, baby. My, come on. I gotta put a little elbow grease in it. Okay. Here we go. Oh, here we go. That was a good solid pop. That was good. Look, look, me, sis. Oh, it's beautiful dark purple color. Glug. I know. Missy loves the glug. I love a glug, and you can hear it all on the on the pod. <laughs> Bottle of wine doesn't go as far when you got four people there. <laughs> 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 Matt, I'm interested in what you think. Why don't you give it a taste and let me know how you... Because you generally feel like Cabernet is a sharp How does it sit on your palate? It's a nice Cabernet. I can definitely taste uh, the blueberries. <laughs> very smooth, though. Because mm-hmm. sometimes you can end up with a very acidy Cabernet. This is not a No, it's This not. is not. Because sometimes you can end up with a Cabernet that almost tastes vinegary on the palate, but this doesn't. It's very delicious. Like that Pilgrim's Like, oh my God. Oh, Lord. We, we don't... It Pilgrim's It Pride doesn't have that standard uh, Cabernet bite, but it doesn't taste flat. You right. Know? I mean, it's, it's, somewhat, it's, it's got some it, edge to yeah. it. Yeah. Absolutely. Michelle, you purchased this as well. You're yeah. on the streak, baby. I know. What was the price point for this like bottle? Like $6.49. Beautiful. Aldi wow. has all the good, delicious, cheap yeah. wines. So Aldi will be a sponsor this week and any other, right. other week. When you are broke and need to get your drink on, Absolutely. hit up Aldi. Yes. All right. This is really good. It's delicious. Buy more Bear Brothers. Yes. Brr. Bear Brothers. Brr. I feel like I need to say that with a, you know. I said Brr. it sounds like a sort of website that Look, one Everybody's a little. <laughs> everybody's a little. Oh, a thank you. I don't know what kind of website glasses. that would be. <laughs> As the congressional candidate, he has no idea what kind of website that would be. No, he, he, no he idea. is pure. Yeah. He's all the pure things. So we're going to get into our next topic, things. which um, is very interesting. I think we could probably have some tinfoil moments. Tinfoil hat time. Tinfoil hat time. <laughs> it's the Pentagon wanting Amazon as a government contract for all of their databases. Right. As a cloud service. As a cloud service, right. Um, very interesting. If um, anybody out there buys from Amazon, which... Does anybody do that? Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. I, fought, I actually fought it for a long time. I did. I fought it. We, we just started buying from Amazon probably like two years ago. Like me personally. Right. My daughter was buying from Amazon, I don't know, like from, I don't know, like from they first started. <laughs> You know, she's like, Mom, it's so great. You do Amazon Prime. And she's buying her college books. She's buying book, I, just everything, you know. But I was always a little leery. But then it just becomes so advantageous price-wise, shipping, all that stuff. Um, but at the same time, Amazon was acquiring all this database and information on me, which isn't everybody. Right. Google everybody is as well. Is. Facebook, you bitch. You're taking all my info. <laughs> yeah. But what is the ramifications of our Pentagon having a contract with Amazon. There are so many odd levels to this. And, and, and one of the things that uh, just popped into my head as, as, the, as an odd level to this mm-hmm. is, is the idea of uh, the Pentagon uh, using Amazon uh, that uses uh, drones to deliver. <laughs> <Right> <laughs> oh, <now>. wow. <laughs> yeah, you need to connect those, right? <laughs> he 
is playing all the connectives out here today. Well, first of all, this is a very lucrative contract. This is a $10 billion contract. And there's multiple layers of controversy. Okay, first of all, can you say that? Slow down and say that right. $10 billion. A billion with a B, honey. So, it's a billion with a B. And the, there's multiple layers of controversy surrounding this because... There is some talk around Washington that the Pentagon is favoring out of all the other people who are in bidding. So there's like Microsoft was in there, Oracle was in there, and they have had made complaints that it is very clear that the Pentagon is favoring Amazon to get this contract. And then so I was having a tinfoil moment head off my own, and I'm like, well, of all of those databases, cloud storage places, whatever, who holds the most consumer level information? Oracle certainly doesn't, other than my Java or something that I run on my computer. Right. They don't know that much about the temperature that I set my AC, the things that I watch, the things that I buy, or anything about my consumer patterns. So of all of those companies, Amazon has the most information. And I was thinking to myself, what are the ethics of a company that has so much civilian information of day-to-day -day life uh -huh. partnering with the government to do database storage and basically any sort of like war info storage and stuff like that because this isn't exclusive to the united states amazon is not a united states company only right mm -hmm. they are a worldwide company so it's not just consumer information here in the states that's consumer information on a global scale. Right. So I just am interested what you guys think about what are the ethics of this? What do we think about that? You know, even beyond that, right? Um, as someone who's kind of uh, dealt with uh, data in, in, a, in a business capacity, if I were to look at something, I, I think one of the first things I would look at would be CDW, right? Right. Um, but, but the problem is... Tell um, the people at home what that means. Uh, yeah. Consumer... Uh, I forgot the... <laughs> data warehouse. I know data warehouse is the second one. Consumer uh, data warehouse. Yeah, Hello, yeah, wine. Yeah. Yeah, um, but, but, but the thing is, you know, and it kind of cuts back to what you're talking about, right? If you're, if you're looking simply for a place to, to house data. Right. That would make sense. Right. Now, now the question is, why would you go to Amazon? Is because you're, you're looking for something. A little extra. That would, yes, a little, that, little that would actually something. tie some other things together. And, you know. Are they looking for personal behaviors? I think That's so. where my tin hole fat, tin, uh, <laughs> Hello, one. Yes, hello, one. Yeah. The That's where my tin foil hat goes is personal behaviors. And I, I honestly think of the LGBTQIA community. I think of um, anybody who may be considered promiscuous or orders certain things off of Amazon that would not be considered Christian. I, I, that's that's where my hat goes. I don't even go there. That we I, get put in a... I just Because I just think of fucking yeah. Germany and, and Nazis. Yeah. And I do it. My head goes there every fucking time of how they're going to start categorizing, separating the bad from the good in to, their eyes. To me, I, I don't even go there. The first thing that alarms me is the ubiquity uh, of Amazon, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, mm -hmm. the, and I'll go and I'll go back to a slightly different topic. Um, you know, er, earlier in the year, when we talked about, you know, uh, Facebook, 
you know, possibly creating their own, you know, cryptocurrency. Right. It, you know, that set off alarms for me because mm-hmm. Facebook is in everything, right? Mm-hmm. And if they were to create their own currency, suddenly they are more powerful than an entire country. They're yeah. more powerful than, than our, you know, than our country, right? Mm-hmm. Um, in, in terms of, you know, monitoring that. And that was when Elizabeth Warren started coming out with a plan about, you know, we need to break up the tech industries. Well, because they are dangerously, uh, they have a dangerous, you know, grasp on on everything that we do. And if I thought that the idea of Facebook creating its own cryptocurrency was dangerous, the idea of Amazon that knows everything about what we're doing, you know, that that, that monitors our Alexa and everything, uh, Mm -hmm. not just, you know, being able to, to, to combine what they know with what, you know, our, with the Pentagon, that is is significantly more dangerous. And it's not because I don't trust the Pentagon. It's because we have a consumer entity that makes money off of everything that we do, having access to not just everything that we buy, but, you know, national security, international security. That is a marriage I'm not okay with. No. No. Oh, and and also, can we add the fact that they don't pay any fucking taxes? So, at least... If you're gonna fuck us, at least pay us. <laughs> you know, right? But now you go not but, a cheap, but, but, but not you, a cheap war. You, you right. see that? You know, it's like okay, Matt is they don't, all for they fair, don't pay, pay for, for equal pay for what is it? Equal pay for, for equal, equal work. work. Yeah. <laughs> that's 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 a candidate I can get behind. I am uh, for the living wage. Yeah. Uh, yes. But um, <laughs> but but no, you, you just made an interesting point because. Amazon doesn't pay taxes, and you kind of go, "Well, now will they ever?" No, there's yeah. no incentive to. And no. if anyone ever tried to enforce them, you know, to try they and enforce them that, by the ball, exactly. They not only have all our information, they have our military information. And, and I'm sorry, there's no way to cordon that off. You know, they will have access to. Everything. Every single little They thing. have you by the balls and they know which clamps you bought to put your balls in. <laughs> As a it's because the congressional candidate man knows nothing about that. And even to go to, just to delve a little deeper Good into job, it. Good job, Ray. I'm proud of you. The major controversy right now is what's going on is that I don't have to tell you guys that Jeff Bezos, who I like to call Jeff Pesos because he got all the pesos. And Trump don't particularly get along. They don't, there's not any love lost there. Uh -uh. So Trump basically has fired back and has put the whole kind of talks and negotiations to a halt because of this whole favoritism thing. Because Oracle was waging a very aggressive campaign and so was Microsoft and he just started to look like they didn't have a shot because the Pentagon had made their mind up and so Trump is stepping in I don't know know how I feel about this if it's like out of hatred for Jeff or if it's like maybe I'm not giving him that much credit yeah um that maybe he sees through this thing because Jeff is actually a good businessman even though he's you know you know kind of evil but Right. He's still a good businessman. That they feel like there has been massive favoritism shown to Amazon. And the thing that kind of worries me about this is like, I look at this particular administration and government as a whole, and I get really worried when it feels like the government is not on the same page that different factions of the government is operating under some other mind that they have going on, and that they're not on one accord. It doesn't seem like the Pentagon and the White House are on one accord. And it kind of it worries me a little bit, because it's kind of the theme of this entire administration. It's because the White House was run by a fucking idiot, <laughs> and the rest of the government... 
potentially has people that know what they're doing. And that gives me some hope that maybe we do have gatekeepers out there who are trying to do the right thing or whatever. But it's like, I look at the theme of this and it's like, if it were any other person, I'd be like, okay, well, maybe he wants fairness. But I know he's not operating no, under this know. at all. It's out of spite because he does not like Jeff Bezos. And the whole thing is that the Pentagon is like thinking that they're doing this one thing. And then Trump is like, no, you're an animal. like, can we get on one page, you know, or can we not? And if you guys are going to be the gatekeepers of this here democracy, then do something more <laughs> than what you're doing right now. But, so it's, it's layered for me. But, but here's the uncomfortable thing, right? If we were to, you know, sincerely have a look at uh, combining things um, that, you know, have um, huge sources of information. Consumer would, data. Yeah, that, that, would, uh, that would contribute to um, keeping our country safe and, and actually marrying those two. Right. It would actually make sense to marry Pentagon to Amazon, mm-hmm. right? Because there, there's nothing else outside of maybe Facebook, that, right. you know, that has that has the reach, you know, to, to on. yeah, to, to do that. <laughs> Pentazon. But then the question is, and I, and I don't know if I think he's what number two. I don't know if he's number one or number two. But 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 Bezos is the number two. I'll say um, richest person. He's, I think number he's one. one. He's, he's one. one, now, he's he's one, one yes, he's one now. I thought, okay, so according he, to Forbes, is he, he above he, Buffett? Oh yeah! Oh yeah! yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Uh, Buffett, Buffett gives away a lot of his yeah. money to charity. I think charity. The, the last guy oh, was okay. the, the Univision guy. And Amazon's okay, so, cheap as fuck. Yeah. So Bezos. so so yeah. he's number one right now, um, and he has access to everything because we know as a CEO he has. He also owns the Washington Post. Yeah. He is now. Mm-hmm. He would now be oh, the sense. most powerful person in the world. Oh my God! Well, all, oh he, my God. he holds all the world secrets. <laughs> exactly, and and, and, and he did a Taco Bell it. commercial in the eighties. That just doesn't seem right. <laughs> I mean, right? Let's go on record and say that Taco Bell is not real was, Mexican food. Taco Bell's a, trash. Yeah. It's, tra- it's it, on the trash list. It's right Jeff there. Jeff Bezos doing Viva Gorditas. Is that? <laughs> It's just, right there with in just, and out. Every time I, when you Can we trust a man who does not know good Mexican food with the secrets of this country? <laughs> no. I don't think I so. Or, or one who can't cover up his indiscretions properly. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, evidently his information. Should I give a shout cause, out cause, to my favorite taco truck in Denton? That'd be great. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. Yeah, yeah, oh, it was so good. Yeah, it was so good. All right, give it a shout out. Yeah, right. Give it a shout out. Definitely. Uh, is, is it? Officially Freddy's? What is it? Yeah, Freddy's uh, oh. on Austin Street. You can find it behind Eastside uh, on most nights. I go with the Alpha Store. Oh, um, look at him supporting small Texas. businesses. I look did. at that. I like I this did. guy. She, my mouth was on fire. Oh, yeah. you know, I, I, I love that. Fire. My, my a good on fire. fire. Uh, <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, yeah, she sings so every episode. Uh, yes. Yeah. The better to our own detriment. Yeah. Badly. Yeah. So I don't I don't really have much to say about this other than the fact <laughs> it's that it's not good. I don't I don't it's know. It's, it's not dangerous. good, dear. It's because to good. to what Matt said, we potentially have one company, one person holding secrets of war, secrets of your purchases, all those things that you like to buy that you don't want anyone to know that you're purchasing that are your private things even though like, they're even though they're delivered to my house in a discreet package in a discreet package <laughs> but when you consider the impact without of, any labeling when you consider the impact of metadata right and, right and at this at this point oh, amazon amazon becomes the world power and it is not beholden to any state at this point right. the amazon becomes bigger than the kremlin or whatever they call it right now and uh, and you know and the cia and i mean 
do we really want to cross that bridge? Right. And like I said, this kind of jumps back to, and, and you know, me being a Democrat, this kind of jumps back to the idea that uh, Elizabeth Warren introduced earlier, where she said we need to break up big tech because they're becoming too. You know, oh, are you impa- kidding too me? Too powerful, and, and and this is the extreme version of that. You know, and and when I had people arguing with me like two months ago over right. this, you know, well, well now here we are. And then you have that faction of people that will say, well, if you have nothing to hide, then you have nothing to worry about. But it's not about hiding anything. No, it's about using that against me. It's it's not only that. It's about checks and balances of power. This is a huge power that we're handing over to be monitored by the government, but it's also privatized. It's really kind of a crazy marriage. Right. And then you start thinking about, okay, like there are things that I buy from Amazon that have, there's nothing weird about them. No. But when you start looking at, okay, over the last six months, Rachel bought this thing plus this thing and this thing, which the three of those things together, I can come up with any endless story. Rachel was buying baking soda and and vinegar. Well, not only that, they also, they don't just have your purchases. They have what you searched. Right. You may not even purchased it, but it's what you Google, search Google, another Uh one that needs to be broken up. I remember reading a story online where uh, they talked about, uh, you know, how we go to Kroger, we go to Albertsons, Mm -hmm. we go to all these things, and we we, we have our little, uh, you know, discount Mm -hmm. uh, thing that, you know, that gets us theoretically an extra 15 cents off of something. (laughs) Um, Can't they just give it anyway? Exactly. They should. But but, but they do that. And and one of the things that, you know, I, I remember reading about that was that those things are the biggest predictors of pregnancy. Oh, absolutely. I remember. I read this too. Yes. Yes. So, you know, it's like... And Target was an article about Target, actually. that is just your groceries. That is just your... And it's not you buying anything, but but it it goes, hey... um, That freaks me out. Oh, yeah. This this woman is not buying... You know, tampons, pads now. She's not... You know, she's she's buying... uh, You know, uh, she's buying, you know... Vitamins now. Um, mm-hmm. She's eating ice cream and pickles. Now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. literally. And she bought a lot of yeah. fucking chocolate. They started <laughs> actually curating coupons based, based on, on that. that. So they would send like coupons for diapers or formula or so stuff like if that. You all of a sudden are buying that. What happened? Right? That's. <laughs> Everything I hear now, I just go, that's handmade I will say this, though. <laughs> everything. Be, beyond, you know what? Uh, well, when, we're talking that, about the Pentagon. We're talking about Amazon. They're regulating yeah. my fucking cycle. Yeah. They're regulating my life and the fact that they know that I'm going to be procreating or not. But, but this, it's all algorithm. But, but this isn't crazy. If you're talking about the marriage of Amazon and, and you know and the Pentagon, this is no longer tinfoil hat. This is tinfoil it's, helmet. You know yeah, it mean? is. Yeah. yeah. It is tinfoil helmet. Wow. Tinfoil roof. <laughs> and just to be that. to be clear, just there, there hasn't been anything about Amazon saying that they're going to be sharing any consumer info. I want to get that out clear. But let's they be clear about said that. It. They haven't said it. All of the, there's so much consumer info that we give away that is taken from us. Can you feel the bad I know. I just wanted to get, because you know, I don't want Jeff Paces coming up here and taking a table, honey. Okay? Because that's all we got. I got his microphone from Amazon. (laughs) But but here's the problem. It is actually significantly more dangerous if they don't share it at that point. Do you really? Because then it's only Amazon that has all this stuff. And once again, Amazon at that point becomes the state. Well, you know, Amazon has had all of our stuff for now. They've had our stuff for now. We've given it away. But they've never been able to tie it to the Pentagon. To the Pentagon. And like I said, this is not just information that is 
local to the United States. This is global scale consumer data information, credit cards, numbers, home addresses, like all sorts of things. It's not just what you buy. It is every single thing about you. Yes. The moment that you enter that credit card, the bank that you bank with, that card number, your credit cards, every single little thing. If you have credit cards with Amazon, your credit score, everything is there. We give away so much for convenience, and I and don't think that we I'm know that. I'm in the mindset that at this point, Amazon doesn't even give a shit about selling anything because I live on a street that has four apartment complexes, and I swear to God, I get the packages for dude that lives in the same apartment number as me in a different complex at least once a month. And they will tell you. They're like, just keep it or throw it away. We don't care. We're just going to ship him another. It's that easy. They don't care about profiting well, off of that. Well, he loses money all the time to put other people out of business. Yeah. Well, yeah, okay. but I'm just saying they're just throwing that money that? away. And why? Because their data the that they ga gathered is more important. Right. But, you well, know, I, I want to jump back on one thing because... Side you know, note, I wish that dude would buy stuff I like. <laughs> you should send him a letter. You know, I, I want to address one thing because because we're kind of talking about this. And, and to the outside observer, you could go, we are wearing tinfoil hats and everything. Everything Mishy just said... Um, is a factual data point they have, right? And the problem that we have then is that they have all this data and it's technically unregulated when, okay. we, when we discuss how it marries to, every, to the Pentagon, Amazon, things like that. And, and, and that's one of the things we need to talk about. You know, it's not simply just us being paranoid. It is us being mindful of who has our information Absolutely. and how that affects us as citizens. What are the ethics and all of that? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Wow, great mm -hmm. topic. <sighs> yes, so a uh, quick note for a topic that we're going to probably be covering next week. Mm -hmm. Probably. Lindowski mm -hmm. is going to be testifying. Do we know what day this week? Uh, I'm not sure what day. Remind everybody who is this fella? Yes. Corey. Uh, he is Trump's former campaign manager. Corey Lindowski. One of, one yes. of his former campaigns. Yes. Not, not Marianne. <laughs> Carrie Ann. Excuse me. Hello. Yeah. Um, Kellyanne. <laughs> not Marianne. <laughs> Carrie Ann. But Kellyanne. Kelly. <laughs> Lord. Fix it. Basic ass white girl. Oh. <laughs> One of those Gilligan Island names. Corey, Corey Lindowski. Yes. Ginger. Um, he is basically was subpoenaed to come and give his testimony to the House Judiciary Committee and he went on Fox News he was like I'm about that life I'm ready I will show up I want to see who's going to come for me I'm here to defend the president basically he is he's still down on his knees with oh, orange man so yeah, yes so be it'll be it'll be very interesting and entertaining to watch to and, say the least and, and I want to you know remind people right uh, when we're talking about Corey Lewandowski um, this is a man who is so fervently defending, uh, you know, protective of Donald Trump that he assaulted a reporter Porter. from Breitbart, a Breit female reporter from Breitbart. From Breitbart! Breitbart! Not the New York Times! Yes. Breitbart! Breitbart threw her on the ground to make sure that she didn't make Trump look bad. Breitbart! So, from Breitbart, yes. Oh, so, thank you. A white woman. Oh, <laughs> Uh, I don't right? remember what. I, if she's from Breitbart, she's yeah. probably white. Yeah, I, I don't remember her being white. I believe she was a woman of color, uh, but still, she was from Breitbart. He's actually looking at a Senate run, so this might be a great kickoff to rile up the base. And Trump has basically been courting him. Auschwitz. Sorry. I believe it is New Hampshire. Good one, Matt. 
<laughs> you know what, though? That would jive with him trying to Trump having a rally out there with four people that showed up in New Hampshire. Right. Yes. So, uh, so, I believe it is. Don't quote me on that. Okay. But uh, that's we'll what I heard earlier. We'll have all the info on the dude. Right. So, I believe that he's... What they've been saying is that he's trying to make a Senate run because Trump has been aggressively courting him to do it. Which is why he's agreed to in. testify. Because it's, it's a national stage. Are you yeah. kidding me? You're going to be out there fame. defending the president and then week later say that you're running yeah. for the Senate. He's so. going to show up with, with brown stuff on his nose. Now we're going to focus on Matt Pruneda. Matt, if you would tell us what your district consists of here in Texas. Um, so I'm running for Texas 26. That is a, you know, national, uh, you know, and when I say national, we actually go to Washington. We don't go to Austin. You're federal, uh, honey. Federal. Yes. U.S. Congress. Yeah, U.S. Yes. Congress. And it's predominantly Denton County. Um, we have a little section. Uh, it's kind of a, everything is uh, gerrymandered. So we have right. a little section of, of Tarrant County, which includes, uh, you know, like Keller, uh, Wataga, uh, North Richland Hills, uh, you know, a little bit of Haslett, things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, we have, and then there's like a quarter inch that's in Dallas County. We have a precinct that is in Dallas County. It, wow. It votes very blue. What cities, what are some of the cities in Denton County? Some of the cities in Denton County. Obviously, Denton, we have Louisville, we have Flower Mound, uh, we have Hickory Creek, uh, Shady Shores, we have... Uh, Highland know, Village. Highland Village. We have a portion of Frisco that's, uh, that's you know, below the, uh, that's below the tollway, um, you know, around Frisco Lakes. Uh, we have Sanger, we have... Crossroads. Uh, Pilot Points. Crossroads. Pilot Village. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Ponder. Pon- Ponder, Justin, Justin. Savannah. Um, basically, um, you know, all that nice little area. If you are... If you are west of uh, 121 and below the tollway and uh, to the um, east of 35, uh, you know, there, 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 there's a, it's, it's a nice little easy block. A little uh, chunk, a little square. Yeah, yeah exactly. With, with some Terry <laughs> County. In right, yeah. right, right. If uh, you don't know what your congressional district is and you want to know and you live in Texas... Message us. Yeah. Yes, on we'll, our we'll tell you. Page. We will tell you everything about where to vote. For Absolutely. Anyone. I would, I would a tell really everybody. Good, a really good thing for us to put on our website, probably now that we have our first guest as a candidate for U.S. Congress, is putting up the website where you can find out what your congressional oh, district yeah. is, no matter Great where you idea. live. Right. You can do that, or I would tell everybody just to assume that they're in Texas 26 and to donate to my campaign. Absolutely. <laughs> We're definitely That's how gonna, you do it, Matt we're, we're definitely going to get to that. And for make people who are not money, in Texas, don't let it make you. I, I always say this particular thing is that even when you don't live in the district, mm-hmm. the person who lives in the neighboring district, they vote on your behalf regardless because they're making friends. congressional decisions. So sister districts are a thing. No matter who is going out there, if they're not in your best interest, they're going to vote against you, no matter who is in your district. So it's always good to support all of the candidates who align with your Absolutely. platform, no matter what district. Right. Exactly. And to your point, if you live in a very safe blue district and you want more blue candidates... Donate to then, Democrats and sister districts. Exactly. Absolutely. I Mark Ferris. Yeah. Um, uh, who, was, who was the woman in... Um, like McKinney Lori, or Lori Birch, right? Um, yeah, several people right. in 2018. I, I would say never assume that your district is safe, uh, but spread right. the love. <laughs> so, Matt, I, I do have some questions for yes. you, and I wanted you to tell the people a little bit about the monster that you're running against. 
Um, so Michael Burgess, uh, you know, I, I think the easiest thing for people to draw, uh, you know, a correlation on Michael Burgess would be, um, the, um, healthcare children, act, no, actually I was going to say, uh, children in detention centers oh, are there because yeah. they want to be. Oh, right. Um, and that's the big thing that he gets a lot of attention for right now. He was on, uh, Chris Hayes on MSNBC, uh, back in, uh, you know, we're, we're recording this in August, but this he was back in July of 2017, 2019. Sorry, 2017. It feels like a long time ago because those kids have been in this cage. There's so much trauma. Long. It moves so quickly. Um, but Michael Burgess went on MSNBC and he, uh, parodying the Trump, you know, uh, party line, uh, made the assertion that children uh, who were separated from their parents and put into detention centers... Um, had the ability to leave at any time and that they, they sim- could just walk out yeah. yeah they could just walk out and they simply stayed because they were well taken care of. and mm-hmm. i think that's one of the things that kind of really put michael burgess on the map for a lot of people who haven't been to mm-hmm. everything else he's done badly right yeah at the very least he's someone who has no problem about well lying yeah yeah he's a trump flunky for sure he is. He and he's is. a habitual liar. He is. That is definitely true. Who contradicts himself yeah. every Constantly. chance that he gets. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I wanted to ask you about the bill that he wrote that was going to take healthcare away from 23 million people. Uh, and I wanted you to tell a little bit about the history of that particular bill and how he was the author of that bill. So... For, for people who may or may not be familiar with me, um, one of the things that we've been actively doing is going at Michael Burgess. Michael Burgess has kind of been a bully for the last uh, 16 years. Right. Uh, whenever there's been... Uh, he actually famously said that he represents the people who voted for him. Uh, when it comes to Michael Burgess, uh, you know, one of the things that he's been famous for is when he has town halls, uh, he tends to uh, rely on kind of bullying tactics. And uh, one thing that we've realized, and I'll, and I'll back up to Chris Hayes on this, um, we were doing a, a short video to kind of promote our campaign, and I was cutting together video on mm-hmm. this. And I, I made a mistake, actually, when I was cutting it, but when I made this mistake, I accidentally isolated Michael Burgess on what was supposed to be a split screen. And I noticed that when Chris Hayes was challenging him, when Chris Hayes was asking him questions about everything Michael Burgess was saying, which we know is a lie yes. uh, to prop up Trump, Michael Burgess looked scared. He actually huh. kind of had this quivering lip and he looked nervous. And I'd never seen that before. And I went, well, this is great. Now we know how to go at him because he is scared. If Michael Burgess gets challenged, he doesn't know what to do. Um and oh, yeah. so, so we've been going to his town halls and challenging him. And, and you mentioned, uh, you know, the, the bills that he's talked about. Uh, I went and talked about, the, um, about Congress's move to repeal the ACA, Obamacare. Right. We'll call it Obamacare because that's what they call it. Right. And, and the whole thing was uh, Michael Burgess likes to tell people that Congress, that the Republican Congress that uh, took away the, uh, the penalties for the individual mandate, um, had this plan to save uh, you know, pre-existing conditions. Right. And that is a lie. And I actually called him out on that. And he 
didn't really have a defense for that. But the fact is that, you know, whenever you hear Republicans go, hey, we have this plan to protect pre-existing conditions, they didn't. They did they, they put together something that would have let insurance companies charge people more mm -hmm. if they had a pre-existing condition, which is not a protection. Nope. And, you know, when they even sent that much to the Senate, the Senate went no. And they did that in June, right? right. So they had, you know... They had like six months between June and December when they passed this bill that took away the individual mandate. Right. They had six months to, to basically, um, you know, sit down on the fact that, 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 they, that they were going to screw us over. They knew it was going to happen. They lied. And that's one of the great things, that, you know, about what we're doing. Um, we're challenging him. And when we get in his face, we call him out for, for lying. So, so yeah, and it is a beautiful thing. <laughs> it is fun. We're gonna share that link. Yeah, I'm, yeah. Be, I'm being very subdued about how I'm describing this right now. Oh no, but, it's yeah. beautiful. But what <laughs> happens? Yeah, yeah, I know I've seen There's at least adrenaline. one of them, and it was yeah. good. I, yeah. I was watching from my seat, and I'm it. just like, yeah. yeah. And, and Ray, you live in Matt's district. I do. I do. So do I. And Michelle lives in Matt's district. So I watch. I watch not only when you challenge him. But also your Facebook videos and stuff like that of anything that he does, you immediately go after him and say, this is why this is shitty. Accountability. <laughs> just, FYI, just FYI, this is how this is going to hurt you. He's trying to spin it this way, but he's lying. And this that, is what this is really going to do. And that's the thing. It, it is a lie, right? Because they, they, you know what, the Republican Party gets everybody all caught up on the idea that they love their health care, right? And, and, and nobody does. Nobody loves their insurance company, right? But, you know, they go, well, I like my phone. No, no, you they don't. They love having coverage. Yeah, they like having coverage. But, you know, what is the quality of this coverage? And what right. is what is it that this thing does? It, it does very little. You know, when you when you when you think about what an insurance company does, and, and and let me clarify one second that these insurance companies are paying our representatives millions of dollars every year to keep this scam going. Absolutely. You know, um, an insurance company actually doesn't do much. And, and I've told this story a bunch of times, or I've reframed it a, a bunch of times, where I go, you know what? When you think about what an insurance company really is, it is a, a private corporate taxing entity. And what this private corporate taxing entity does is it charges you a bunch of money for the idea that it's going to provide you with some protection. And when you uh, actually go to redeem that protection because you're sick or something at the most vulnerable point in your life, this private corporate taxing entity either raises your taxes or they drop you. And that's wrong, right? Um, because, because here's the thing. We pay other taxes. We pay for roads. We pay for schools. We pay for military. All these things that are supposed to provide us, you know, provide for us. And when we do that, we know that these things are going to are going to you know to help us. With insurance, we don't get that because it's a private corporate taxing entity. And when you think about that, uh, the idea that they actually aren't giving us what we're paying for and the fact that they keep raising that tax over and over again. Our insurance premiums have gone up about 250% over the last you know, 15 years. You know, imagine what would happen if our taxes went up that much. You know, this is the kind of thing that our forefathers threw tea into the harbor over. This is the kind of thing mm -hmm. that revolutions have been fought over, right. but we've been conned into thinking that this is something that, um, you know, we want. And it's because our representatives tell us we want this. And it's because our representatives get millions of dollars to be, uh, to you know, to, to basically con us to do that.
So let's start with a few basic ideas, right? When we talk about the idea of Medicare for all, the uh, the scary number that they say is like over ten years, this would be somewhere about thirty five uh, trillion dollars. Okay, um, what they leave out when they talk about that is is that right now. Right now, this day, you and I, everybody that we know, um, between our insurance, between you know healthcare, between uh, uninsured things that are that are you know having to be covered, uh, you know between our out of pocket expenses, Americans spend uh, three point five to three point seven trillion dollars on healthcare every year. But 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 the thing is, if right now we are spending about three point seven trillion dollars a year on healthcare, um, if we provide Medicare for all over ten years for thirty five trillion dollars. We're actually breaking even. And we're going to stay I can actually do the math on that, just FYI. (laughs) (laughs) And say that that's a better deal. That's math Michelle can do. Right. And in the long run, you save because when you're looking at your expenses, you don't just look at one single item. You look at the overall budget and what you're saving and what you're spending in the long run. You look at it holistically. And and that's the thing. So, So whenever people ask about that, I you know, my answer is if we do nothing else... At the very least, we break even, and, and that's one of the things that we, we need to talk about. Now, it, once we move to uh, you know Medicare for all in, in that program, well, well, then you know one of the first things that we do is we enable the uh, the head of the Department of Health and Human Services to negotiate drug prices. Absolutely, so these mm-hmm. things come down. Mm-hmm. Um, once again, once we move to a centralized system, eventually, because once, like I said, this will take a while to get everything into place. Once we move to a centralized system, uh, we do away with redundancies. People aren't having to, you know, go in every state to go to different uh, insurance companies to file their claims, things like that. These things will be more automatic. We save money uh, on those, pro- you know, on those processes. Uh, we know that right now, uh, doctors spend about fourteen uh, percent of their time dealing with, you know, paperwork. Um, if they're not having to do that, we allow doctors the opportunity to see more patients. So when we talk about, you know, how do we pay for this? We pay for it the same way that we pay for it now. Um, the, the way we do it right now, whenever we pay for our health insurance, it is itemized to a particular company. And that is separate from our taxes. Um, if we did it the exact same way and had this dedicated toward health care, um, these funds would go specifically toward that. Uh, they would never be redistributed for other uses in our taxes. Right. And it would be treated very similarly to how we do uh, Social Security. So mm-hmm. if, we, if we did nothing else, we would break even. And if we did nothing else, your paycheck would look almost exactly the same way it does. And how do we go wrong with that? That is a great point. Well, I think, I think in, you, know, you talk about breaking even. For me, that's the dollars part of it. But the other part of it is that, I mean, when you have a healthier society, you have a healthy economy. You have, you have. I mean, I think about it as far as like children are concerned. Just because mm-hmm. my daughter had asthma all through her childhood and missed a lot of school, and we were on Medicaid for many of those years, and because you know sometimes I was on Medicaid, sometimes I wasn't, right? right? Because whenever I got a job, guess what happened? You lost Medicaid. the coverage. So when I didn't have coverage, she wasn't even getting the best health care. So she missed a lot of school, right? Mm-hmm. Something like this, kids stay in school longer. I mean, you just think about the ramp, just the, just the, the end game, the, the, um, the positive the long-term effects that it has on a society as a whole. People go, people are able to go to work more often. Mm-hmm. It's, 
I don't understand why the GOP doesn't want something like this because we'd be more productive because we're healthier. Thank well, you for can, saying productive. Okay, I'm sorry. I was going to say, well, here's a little bit. Um, if you guys remember, we talked about this briefly during the last round of debates. Bernie and Warren were talking about the fact that $23 billion in profits get sucked into the healthcare system and $4.5 billion goes to lobbying and campaigns. Well, $4.5 billion gets you a lot of stuff. Uh, it does. And they also and get wanna, to inflate the drug prices, which is... And I want to circle back to something you just said about being productive, right? Um, and I won't go into the big story about, you know, my son and what really got me, uh, you know... Involved. Uh, involved in, in healthcare. Uh, I'll go to something that, that's more um, general. And this is this is this. When we talk about being more productive, one of the things that um, providing this service would do would be to provide a lot of preventative uh, information. Um, I, you know, uh, you know, we, we're DB, you know, AP right now, but but I'm a guy, um, and, and I'm a guy of a certain age right now, which means that uh, you know, right now I should be going and getting. Um, you know, screenings for, you know, right. prostate cancer, things like because that. You old. Because you're Because I'm old. <laughs> Thank you. That's nice. Uh, but, but you're, we, don't say, we don't say old. We yeah. say vintage. Yeah, you're vintage. Well, vintage. Yes, exactly. Well, three of us are about the same vintage, <laughs> yeah. so it's yeah. okay to tease yeah. you. But, but, but the fact of the matter is, um, you know, I, there should be these, these screenings that I have to go to. And, and last year, I made a phone call and went, hey, I have to go get this screening right now. Uh, how do I do this? And they, you know, started, you know, I got a call back from the doctor's office and they said, well, how are you going to pay for this? I was like, well, doesn't my insurance pay for this? And they went, well, no, you haven't met your deductible. I said, well, well how much does this going to cost? And they said, $400. And I went, you know, I'm fine. Because it wasn't part of your preventive care package. Exactly. And because, you know what, even though I have insurance, which I pay way too much for and doesn't provide much for, and even even though I technically, I guess, have the means to do this, as a person who looks at it and goes, do I want to spend $400 on this, you know, out of my own pocket just to get a test? Maybe I don't, and, and that because it may, could go towards other things that are exactly more important paying at the time. for stuff for my kids, paying right. for you know, bills. Um, and, and you know what? I, I stepped away from that, and I realized this is a weird thing for me to do as somebody who cares about healthcare. But at the mm-hmm. same time, you know, I also realized there's a lot of other people who don't have insurance, and if you know, we didn't have to pay four hundred dollars out of uh, pocket. How many? Um, you know, instances, how many diagnoses of cancer could we offset and catch early and wind up not having that be a burden on society? Because when you catch these things early, they don't cost. And to your point, I have a friend who um, was last year was diagnosed with breast cancer. She knew she was at risk. Her mom, her aunt, her grandmother, almost every woman in her family, but she didn't test for that whatever that gene is, the BR, whatever. Mm -hmm. And so the insurance company would still only pay for her to get it once a year. Like most of us, when we hit a certain age, we get it once a year. So every six... Right. Yeah, exactly. Well, old bitches. Yeah. Um, So that ever... Say that again? Throw it back at you. I know you did. (laughs) So every six months, she was paying it out of pocket for herself to get that mammogram. So sometime between her yearly and then the six-month checkup, she got breast cancer and she got diagnosed and she luckily 
was able to get it treated in, in a very relatively quick pr- procedure. She still had to have a double mastectomy. She still went through reconstruction. She still has spent a ridiculous amount of money and as a teacher was fucked when it came to benefits, but that's a whole nother podcast. Yeah. Whole other pod. But the yeah. point is, is that even knowing the risk, she still couldn't get checked as often because if she had it her way, she would have been there first of the month, same time as she paid her mortgage yeah. because she and knew. she, she had was, insurance. Exactly. That's the point. Her, she actually had insurance. Exactly. And she still wasn't getting the proper care. So the thing, the question, you, do you love your insurance? Do you want to lose it? What? No, she wants something fucking better. Right. Her right. tits were a t- ticking time bomb. Oh right. Oh my God. Literally. <laughs> no. But Seriously. Seriously. Yeah. All right. So I I have a couple other questions Mm. for Matt just to cover. And um, Matt, before uh, we exit out, I have two more questions for you. So one of the questions I wanted to ask you is a question that is pertinent to red districts, particularly to this district and red districts across the board. This Texas 26 is an R18, according to a Cook's report, which means that Republicans have an 18-point advantage to win. And my question to you that is asked of almost all Democrats who challenge these kind of seats is, what gives you an edge and why do you think that you're going to be the person who is going to come in and basically flip this seat from being an R18 district to actually win it over? What is it about you that gives you that edge? So I want to address that number, right? Because you say R18 and it's an 18-point advantage, which means that we are adding 18 points onto 15%, which means that in theory, um, basically Republicans walk in with the uh, with the advantage of saying they're going to take 68% of the district, right? right? Which means that I, I've got 32 and I've got to make up. Um, you know, 19 points. Uh, did you get that math, Michelle? I did. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, I did. I did. I've you been did an co- yeah. excellent job. I've been coached very well by y'all, mm-hmm. and Matt did a great job of explaining yeah, it. So, so if I can understand it, yeah. Yeah. So for those who haven't done the math, basically what it amounts to is that I walk in uh, from the very beginning as an ass-kicking. Um, and I, I don't know if I can say ass-kicking. Yeah, yeah you can say, say anything. We say fuck a lot. I'm looking at my, uh, my campaign manager up there. She got, she's giving me a thumbs up. So um, what makes me the person that would make that, you know, make that difference? And I, I think one of the things that uh, I do a little bit differently compared to most Democrats, most Democrats just uh, appeal to somebody to um, say you should do this because it's a good thing. It's a nice thing. Right. Um, the fact of the matter is that when we look at what's happening in our district, when we look at, you know, uh, the fact that wages haven't gone up. We look at the fact that, you know, our, our environment is making our kids sick. Right. And we look at the fact that our insurance premiums are going up. Uh, people, it's an R plus 18 because those uh, plus 18 have been lied to by the GOP. And, and I've got no compunction about being blunt about this. You know what? They are lying to you and they're making you vote against your interest. And you know what? I'm not going to get caught up on things like, you know, we're going to fight over statistics over global warming or blah, blah. I don't care if you agree with me on global warming. I don't care if you agree with me on, you know, on, uh, you know, what uh, climate change, right? These catchphrases. What I do care about is that um, corporations are poisoning our air and water. And I would defy anyone to defend poisoning of air and water. And once you agree with me on that point, everything else takes care of itself. You know, when I'm talking to people in our district, you know, I know 
that you're a Republican and you support free enterprise. Well, you know what? I actually do too. Right. You know what? If we're going to let the markets decide things, then let's really let the markets decide things. Let's not let corporate welfare come in and drive people out of the, you know, out of the market. And let's not let lobbies come in and uh, basically influence what should be your own decisions. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I want people to pay less for their health insurance. I want people to not worry about their, you know, their families dying. I want people to breathe clean air and water. And I want people to have a real opportunity to have an effing job that pays them enough to pay their mortgage okay and because I say that and because I say effing and sometimes I say fucking um, <laughs> the whole point is the whole point is you know what if we're honest about what we're getting from our government and if people really pay attention to what their government is doing for them and if people actually pay attention to the fact that Michael Burgess takes 75% of his money from PACs that you know that pay him to vote for them against the people in his district, if we can make that connection, yes. then I win. And you know what? I'm not a fragile flower. I don't care. You know, I'll, I'll go out and I will face the slings and arrows. But one thing that I want people to take away from this entire thing is when I'm telling you what I believe in, what I'm going to fight for, it's not bullshit. And if you do that, people in Texas respect that. They respect somebody who doesn't bullshit them. Voters want politicians to leverage with them. They're so sick of people playing politics and wrapping things up in a pretty package and putting it on a bowl and opening it up and it's just a bag of shit on the inside. I don't so give a damn really about the package. I want people to be able to take care of their families. And that's what a lot of people, a lot of voters are so tired of the politics and they want people who are running on platforms like yours who truly care about getting it done and getting the business done without any of the politics. Yeah. So I have um, one last question for you. It's kind of a fun question. Okay. So, what's your favorite color? <laughs> no, it's, it's it's March, you know, and you've won the primary, and then you move on, and November comes, and you win, and you're heading to Washington. I want to know what is on your agenda. What are you rolling your sleeves up to do? What are you going in the house with? What is on your agenda? What are those first two or three bills that you're going to propose? What committees are you joining? What What is your plan once you get to Washington? Uh, several questions here. Uh, several answers here. If I have my choice on committees that I would like to be on, I would like to be on finance. Uh, because, um, you know, that's something that I uh, am very close to, something I spend a lot of time on. Um, I've spent the last, you know, what, uh, eight years uh, working on, uh, you know, well, actually, uh, but, uh, you know, working on CFPB. Uh, and these, this is the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau. Thank you, Elizabeth um, Warren. Thank, thank you. you. Elizabeth. Yes. And, it, and it's why I love Elizabeth Warren so much. Um, but, you know, one of the things that, you know, that I, I'm most passionate about is uh, protecting the American citizen from lobbies that screw them over. Okay. Um, so that's one thing. Uh, that the, the, that's, that's the kind of committee that I would like to be on uh, to begin with. Um, outside of that... You know, my big drives, the whole reason I got into this is the connection of um, the environment and of healthcare. You know, if we start working to provide a better, you know, cleaner air, cleaner water, you know, we have people getting sick less. And once we start, you know, working on that, you know, we can start working on, you know, look, 
I want a Green New Deal, okay? I want the Green New Deal and I want Medicare for all. And whatever I can do you to advance that because we're... So- <laughs> it, it's not socialist. So you want to be part of the squad. Yeah. Ah. I want my own squad. Uh, <laughs> No, no, I'm good. I'm good. But but the, but the whole thing is, you know what? Those things tied together with so much of what's you know what's affecting our country. Right oh, environment now. and healthcare. Yeah, it's, yeah, it, it is all that. It goes hand in hand. You know, clean our air, clean our water, and give us opportunity to go to the doctor when we're sick, and that increases productivity, and that is the next step to getting us back to being you know a major power in terms of us uh, creating jobs and creating things that the world consumes rather than us taking stuff that creates. So I know the people that are listening might not know that you're in a primary and you challenging Burgess is Mm -hmm. contingent upon you winning this primary. And I just want to give you this opportunity to go ahead and make a pitch to the voters back home about why you should be the person that's going to come through this primary and basically let them know what your platform is and what, what sets you up. Um, when it comes to approaching Burgess, when it comes to when it comes to beating any Republican, I think right now you have to pick somebody who has got the the guts to actually go against them. You know, a lot of Democrats treat winning a primary as the be all end all, and they go hide, and then the Republicans run a uh, ignore campaign on them, and then nothing happens. Right? I, I, I don't do that. I've actually taken every opportunity to stand up against every to stand up against Burgess every chance that I've got, and I like the fact that he looks nervous when I show up. Um, you know what? And not just Burgess. Uh, you know, I had the opportunity to go up against a, a guy named Pat Fallon, who ran the uh, Mexicans Are Coming to Kill You campaign. And, and the funny thing was, uh, you know, we were supposed to be on a show where we debated each other, and Pat Fallon, who's actually who's actually been elected, um, uh-huh. actually refused to show up, wow. which which was great. And, and I think that's one of the things. You know what? We have to take the fight to Republicans. And if you're not the person that's willing to do that right now, you don't get credit for sitting in the back of the room and, you know, like, you know, just being there, checking in on Facebook. All right. Um, so so that so that's that's my whole point. Um, as far as, you know, why you can't just go to a few marches, you can't just show up for a few protests. Like No, we have to treat this like a fight, you know, right. not just a fight. We have to treat this like a revolution. And, and you know what? You. If I'm expecting, if we're expecting Democrats to come out and vote for us, you need somebody on the firing line who is willing to take on the slings and arrows. Absolutely. Right? And, you know, you find that person, you vote for them, you, you get behind them, you support them. That's what we're asking people to do. And, and so far, um, you know, at, at the risk of, you know, uh, sounding like, I, I'm not insulting anybody else who's running right now. But right, right now, we've got the record of being the people. Beautiful, beautiful segue into you telling us where do the people at home go to find out more about Matt, to donate to Matt, to like Matt's Facebook page, and to be part of the campaign. Uh, the easiest uh, point of reference is to go to my website, which is uh, Matt for Texas, and it's M A T. There's only one, one. T. One T. There's only uh, one T because there's only one Matt. Yeah. No. M A T. The number four Texas.com. And from there you can like uh, you, you can follow us on Facebook. You can follow us on Twitter. You can donate. I need you donations. You can definitely donate. Yeah. Uh, and that's rain, y'all, yeah. young delegates. Yeah, uh, unlike, you know, I mentioned that Michael Burgess takes about 75% of his, you know, campaign financing from PACs. 
we don't have any PACs because right now there are no uh, PACs for, you know, educating our kids um, right. you know, that, that go to here. Um, you know, there's no big, there, there's no big uh, clean air and water PAC right now. Right. Um, there's no, uh, you know, big, um, I'm fighting against, um, you know, um, big insurance PAC right now. Right. So I, I need people to come on and, and support us. You know, we're taking on this fight, you know, small donations. It could be like $3, $5, whatever. Any every bit dollar of, makes yeah. a difference. Yeah, every dollar makes a difference because right now we're just trying to get, uh, you know, literature out. We're trying to get data out. Uh, we're trying to, you know, um, pay for gas, you know. Yeah. So, and we'll it. definitely post all of these links that Matt has mentioned onto our Facebook page so that you guys get to follow him and get to know more about his campaign and hopefully get involved with the work that he's trying to accomplish. Uh, ladies, great segment. Oh my god, good questions, Michelle. Loved yeah. having you here. Yeah, it's, you know, great segment. Those I of you that don't know, Matt's a drunk delegate. He's <laughs> not just showing up as a guest. He's one of our. He I'm also a sober one. He's also a sober. <laughs> he listens to the podcast and he's a supporter of the podcast. So. And we hope that you return. I we would will love for you I to come back. I had a great time. Um, and uh, hopefully, maybe one time after you've done a debate, we can do a little follow-up. If I can get somebody to, if I can get somebody to debate me, I would be happy to come back. Yeah, shot, you know, shot, 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 when shot, they're running scared. <laughs> and just because it's hard to keep up, how many people are currently running for twenty-six? Uh, right now, um, filed with the FEC, there are three people. Three people filed. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, Matt, this was wonderful having you here. Great to hear about your platform and all the wonderful things that you're hoping to do for this wonderful district. And I'm excited to hear all the things that you and your wonderful campaign manager, Tamsin, who's sitting in the corner yeah. there, uh, are going to accomplish. You guys are doing great work. She can be on DBAP. <laughs> yes, yeah, yes, we look forward to having her on a future episode. Yes. We're going to do an episode where we talk about getting involved from a campaign perspective and having campaign managers and campaign staffers Talk to people about why it's important to get involved. I think Tamsin will be great for it. Talk yeah. about the badass people, the behind the scenes, the, the campaign. The people you know who the build campaign, the campaign, the do the damn thing. <laughs> can, I, can I say this? Because yes. we all do know each other, right? Yes. And, yes. and we all met each other because I met you guys when you guys were all doing heavy, intensive, um, really taxing campaign work in, in the past and everything. And that's yes. why, you know, that's why I, I value being here and value this. Oh. Uh, those insights. Oh, you're gonna make it. All right. Cry. You know we're drunk. <laughs> you're gonna make me cry. cry into my wine. All right, Ray, you ready? I'm ready. One, two, three. You an asshole, asshole, baby. You an asshole. Mm-hmm. You an asshole, baby. You an asshole. And as you know, it never gets better. It never gets better. <laughs> so this. You're a little bit more insane. Then you you'll get there. I, I pray about it. Let me get a beatbox machine. No, Jesus. <laughs> what did you think, Ray? <laughs> it's, it's, it's just wrong. I know I should. He doesn't <laughs> enjoy <laughs> when, I, when I call him in his moments. That's <laughs> it. Sorry. Asshole of the week this week is a three-parter. A threesome of the worst sort. Uh-oh. Oh. This asshole is comprised of Donald Trump. A man at the rally he made fun of without realizing he was a supporter. And Trump supporters in general who refuse to hold this president accountable no matter what he does at all costs. 
We have a problem with the people who support 45. A president who doesn't apologize and his supporters who don't care that he doesn't apologize or make or make any strides to hold him accountable. So this past week, we had a rally in New Hampshire, or New Hampshire, as some call it. Where all the best Republicans <laughs> All the best Republicans live. And there was a guy who showed up to the president's rally to support the president. And the president took the opportunity to not look into the mirror before he cast judgment upon others, which is like, I believe, like, the golden rule of some sort. Mm -hmm. And he had the nerve, the audacity to take his top lip and his bottom lip and put it together and call somebody else fat. Wait, Tubby McGee called somebody fat. <laughs> he called somebody else fat. Oh, my and God. And he said, the gentleman over there has a weight problem and he needs to go home and work out. And I'm thinking to myself, you could probably join in on this here workout since you want to go out calling everyone fat. But that's not the point. The point is that he didn't realize that this gentleman was a supporter. And so he ended up giving him a call, not apologizing for what he said to him, because God forbid this president ever be accountable for anything ever. He doubled down. He didn't double down. What he did was thank him for attending the rally because, you know, it's all about him. Thank you for showing up and basking in my glory. And what happens next is even more shocking, but probably not, is that they seek the gentleman and they find him and they ask him, well, what do you think about the president coming after you and basically fat shaming and saying all of these things to you? And then the gentleman responds and he says, and I quote, oh, it's no hard feelings. I love the guy. He's the best thing to ever happen to this country. And therein lies the problem, my friends. Yes. That is the problem that we have with this president that no one, will, his supporters refuse to hold him accountable. It's not because they believe that he's great or any of those things. It's just that he represents their, their beliefs, their racism, all of these things. When you say Trump is the best thing to happen to this country, I don't know what is going on in your brain and what... Not a lot. Oh, <laughs> Or what corner of the Crickets. planet that you are. Crickets. But there is, you, the fact that you will agree with this president, because, let's not sugarcoat, because it's not a bakery, because all of this is wrapped up in hatred, because it's like, you know what, he can call me whatever he wants, as long as he's calling somebody else something else that I dislike, mm -hmm. or treating somebody else worse that I don't like, who I don't believe to be my equal. And that is a problem and it's really something that continues to bubble over and makes me worried for the upcoming election about accountability because we keep saying people have common sense. People will see through this bullshit. No. People are going to finally hold this president accountable to all of the promises that he made that he never fulfilled. But it's this particular gentleman and the people who support this president that act like this and act like this president can do no wrong, like he shits gold on every other regular day, that make me worried for the upcoming election. And so... Again, the asshole goes to the president for seeking zero accountability and not even trying to apologize for basically bullying a man in public. Asshole goes to the man for not holding the president accountable for basically bullying him and not apologizing. And to all Trump supporters in general for not holding your president accountable when he does this kind of fuck up. Congratulations. Oh my God. Asshole. Now, we all love <laughs> President Obama. 
But if he called me up and was like, Ray, you're a little tubby. I'd be like, fuck you. I voted for you, but fuck you. I'm on Weight Watchers. Leave me alone. First of all. Trying. First of all, he wouldn't do that. He wouldn't. No. He would tell me. You know what he would tell me? You're beautiful. (laughs) Just as you are. Just as you are. And he might even sing it. Part of it is that that individual, that man, uh, doesn't want to admit that he voted for... The, oh, oh, that the, guy. The I one that was bullied. Yeah, okay. the one that, the overweight gentleman that was bullied. He doesn't want to admit that he voted for a man that is a piece of shit. Who is vile and disgusting. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, I mean, while, while Trump may not be the best thing that ever happened to this country. <laughs> I mean. Far from you know, it. But let, let's acknowledge that this country did have 90 years of slavery. So, you know. Sure. He's not the worst yeah. thing. No. Worst things Up have there. happened. Yeah. 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 But he's not the best thing to happen to this country, and people who continue to put him on this pedestal, that would be bread. I or yeah. soap, I don't know. Name a number of things. He's Deodorant. the worst thing to happen this decade. Let's go there. I feel like that's comfortable. Yeah. And it's my particular problem is that we're supposed to be holding elected officials accountable, and I don't see that at all no. because nobody <laughs> asked you, <laughs> Bezos. <laughs> There we go. There we go. That's staying in. That was the Pentagon. (laughs) All of these Democrats sitting at a table. Basically, they're like doing a presentation right now. And they already have all the audio before you. There is a drone strike coming. (laughs) Can we wrap this up? An Amazon drone strike. (laughs) An Amazon drone strike's coming. If there's a package on my front porch, (laughs) don't open it. Don't open it. Just say it. Yeah. All right. Thank you, Moshi. That was a good asshole. Assholes. Right. So, as always, we like to end on a good note. A happy note. Yes. So, we've got Ray's Bay of the Day. Bay of the Day. Bye, Ray. Day Bay. <laughs> so, Matt, as someone who's never seen this in person and only right. had the pleasure <laughs> of hearing the audio. It's really as fucked up as it seems. Yeah. Is We're it, not trying to make it fucked up. Is it everything up. that you thought it was? <laughs> It sounds more put together on audio. <laughs> it's the editing, baby. Yeah, the <laughs> magic of the editor. Oh, who or what do you have for us? Oh, so this one, we also have a legislature. We've done this once before, mm. but we will be shouting out to the great state of Illinois. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Obama. Thanks, Obama. <laughs> But Illinois Governor J.B. Pritzker has signed a law that would require insurance companies to cover the cost for kids needing EpiPen injections for cases of severe allergic reactions. Yes! House Bill 3435 takes effect on January 1st. So, I mean, we do have several months to go, but hey, it's like we can get. And it's going to require companies offering health insurance policies in Illinois to pay for, let me quote this, Medically necessary epinephrine injectors for persons 18 years of age or under. So in a tweet on Tuesday, Pritzker hailed the bill, saying that this legislation takes a big step forward in protecting our children and family. So for those that don't know, when administered during an anaphylactic attack, the pen, de- the pen delivers what can be... You can say anaphylactic, but she's like, it's in the pen. <laughs> Fuck. Jesus. <laughs> Your wine is working backwards. Wow. The wine. Oh, my God. The pens deliver what can be a life-saving dose of epinephrine or adrenaline. 
and the epinephrine helps open up the airways and reduce swelling. So in an email, Tanya Winders, who heads the Allergy and Asthma Network, confirmed that Illinois is the first state to mandate EpiPen insurance coverage. The Illinois bill comes after a decade of the rising EpiPen prices. With steady increases in food allergies and other serious allergic conditions, families are relying on EpiPens more than ever, said Illinois Senator Julie Morrison, who sponsored the bill. We should be doing everything we can to expand access to affordable life-saving drugs and medicines. God, I can't fucking read tonight. I can see that you're struggling. <laughs> oh my God, I'm going glasses on it. <laughs> okay, let me start this sentence over. Struggling. Struggling, you know that. Okay. <laughs> we should be doing everything we can to expand access to affordable, life-saving drugs and medicines. No child with a serious allergy should be without an epinephrine injector because they cannot afford one. Okay, this is the part I need y'all to just settle down for because you're not going to believe the price hikes in this stuff. In 2009, a pair of EpiPen injectors went for $100. But by 2016... Seven years later, the price had jumped to $600. Yes. Well, thanks to the piece of shit, right? Guy that is in prison right now, right? Uh, Mm -hmm. Rama Bro. Oh. Shkreli. Yeah. Yes. Thank Mm -hmm. you. Yep. The ensuing outrage from parents and patients prompted federal lawmakers to look into the pricing policies of Mylan, which produced the EpiPen. So at the time, Mylan told CNN that the changing health insurance was to blame for the high price of EpiPen, especially for those with high deductibles on their insurance plans. Pause. I'm going to call BS on that because your deductible shouldn't change the price of the pen. No. So, you lying, Mylan. You lying, Mylan. (laughs) The pricing landscape eventually began to change because last year the FDA approved a generic form of the drug. So in an email statement, Brendan O'Grady, an executive vice president at Teva, told CNN the approval of the generic form of epinephrine marks an important step forward in bringing our patients additional prescription medications that have met the FDA's rigorous standard. And last month, Mylan announced that it was merging with Upjohn, which is Pfizer's division that focuses on manufacturing generic drugs. And I want to thank CNN Health for reporting this story. Illinois House of Representatives, thank you for House Bill 3435. Thank you for requiring insurance companies to cover this. The children 18 and under with allergies appreciate you. Yes. Thank As you. As do their parents yeah. who might actually be able to afford to take make sure their children still live. Right. So what happens when you elect representatives who care about people? That's right. right. And health care. Yes. Right. The day of the day. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much. And with that being said, good night, joint delegates. Stay tipsy, my friends. Thanks for listening to Drunk Bitches in Politics. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at DBAPpod. If you have questions or suggestions, email us at drunkbpolitics at gmail.com. Episodes are available on Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you like the show, please rate, review, and subscribe. It's the best way to show your support and spread the word.